right, good morning, my friend. Welcome to uh, Lafayette, US 287, 119. I have a friend with me. That's Riley right there. God bless Riley. So I just lifted my banner. I'm about an hour behind schedule. Uh, we had a lot of things going on at church last night, but uh, the Lord wanted me on the 1007. And the 1007 because of the bus driver. It was really amazing uh, what happened on the bus today. And uh, you know, following the Lord, following the Holy Spirit, and doing exactly what He asks you to do, uh, really pays a lot of great benefits, uh, even though you don't see it right away, but sometimes you do, like today, I saw it right away, the benefit of, of doing exactly what the Holy Spirit told me to do. Anyways, I'm gonna set this down, and I'm gonna go over there in the shade right behind my shoulder there, and I'll do the sermon from there, okay? All right, see, see you guys in a few minutes. Lafayette, Colorado today. Lafayette. Lafayette is not too far out of Boulder. Let me turn this down a little bit. Can you still see me? Are you there? Yeah. And uh, Lafayette, Colorado, it's a really hot day, probably in the 90s. And uh, I'm right at the, if, if you saw the pan, I'm right out there by the uh, uh, cones that you saw out there. So I'm right on the highway, US 287 and South Boulder Road. And then right over here on this, uh, to my left, I don't know where you are there, but on my left here, is the largest church in Colorado. And uh, you would think the largest church in Colorado that there would be believers all over me all the time. Well, that's not the case. Uh, there are just as few Christians here as anywhere else I go. What does that tell you about a great big church? Uh, I don't know, you kind of come up with your own ideas, I guess. But uh, you would think, with a church of 10 or 15,000 members, 20,000 members, 19,000 last time I heard, that there'd be people all over the place in this little town, right? But, kind of tells you what's going on, right? Consider, you know, um, what do I want to do? So let, let's pray real quick. So Lord, I thank you that we can come to uh, Lafayette. We can lift a banner over there. We can preach a sermon out here in the shade because we don't want our camera to turn off. And Lord, you are here with us because we're two or more gathered together. You're here with us. And you brought another fellow believer, another fellow soldier, uh, Riley. I thank you, Lord, for blessing him and blessing his life and uh, providing health and healing to his life. I thank you, Lord, for all the people that you've drawn to this channel. And I thank you, Lord, that you're touching each one of them for heaven. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their life is really a miracle in their life. And I thank you, Lord, that you're doing this because it draws people even closer to you. And that's what we want. We want to get closer to you, Lord. We don't want to get further away. We want to get closer to you. And sometimes to get closer to you, Lord, we know that we have to leave the world behind us. And uh, I'm asking, Lord, that you help the believers to do that, to leave the world behind them, to seek your face. And uh, Father, we give you all the glory for what you're doing, even now on this channel and on this sermon today and on the street corner here in Lafayette, Colorado. In your name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen and amen. 
Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Never know when I'm going to pray when I get started. <clears throat> so we're in the Sunday prayer letter, the word that was published, the word that was published. So I'm in the shade because when you stand out in the sun, the camera shuts up because it overheats. So that's where I'm here, but I'm not going to stay here all day. I'm just going to do this, and I'll put it all away. Then I'll go out there where you saw me earlier, lifting the banner, which I do when I first get to my location, typically, not always. So the word of the Lord was published. That's in Acts 13, 49. That's our title for our Sunday prayer letter. And, that's, uh, the, and we're in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. That's the theme that we've been in since January, and we'll be in that all the way till the end of the year. Uh, at least that's what it looks like. So today is part five, Thursday, and in our Sunday prayer letter, we have seven parts. This is part five, Thursday, and that is Acts 13, verses 36 through 41. <clears throat> so we're in Acts chapter 13, and for you, those who don't know, we are going through the entire book of Acts, all 28 chapters, and we started on the day of Pentecost. That's what the Holy Ghost showed us. On the day of Pentecost, we started chapter one of Acts and said, I want you to go through all 28 chapters. So that's what we've been doing. That's why we're in Acts so much. That's why all these sermons that you're seeing are all in the book of Acts. That's because I'm following the Holy Ghost. I'm not following somebody's agenda, some man's agenda. I'm following what the Spirit of God is directing us to do, okay? And that's why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> Just let, let you know. <laughs> all right, Acts 13, verse uh, 36. Let's go over there and uh, see, what, uh, see what we can do here in this verse these verses all right verse 36 for David and we're in the King James Bible so for David after he had served his own generation by the will of God so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk as I go along because I got a pretty big passage to read here okay so look what it says here by the will of God that was what David David lived by the will of God and you think about that you think about what uh, towards the end of David's life, when uh, God said, you know, build a tabernacle, he wanted to build a tabernacle, build a temple, you know, unto God. And uh, God says, no, I don't want, you're not going to do that. Uh, your son's going to do that. And, you know, if David wasn't operating by the will of God, he said, well, God, that's nice to know that, but I want to do it anyways. Uh, that would have been tragic for the life of David. He would have ended in tragedy because he would have gone against the will of God. And that's what happens to a lot of believers is they go against the will of God. He says, seeking first the kingdom of God, the will of, for your personal life. Now, we know the general will is to be thankful in all things. We know that. So we need to live in that first, being thankful. But then there's very specific things, like the will of God for my life today was I need to be on the, two, the 1007 bus. Now, why the 1007? I wanted to be on the 1037 because I had things to do, you know. But no, he said, Lord, I want, I want you, John, I want you on the 1007. Yes, sir. And I looked at my clock, boy, I got to get out of here. I got to get going. Because the will of God was for me to be on the 1007. So what am I going to do? Lord, I helped me to get there. And so the Lord helped me get there. And I was able to minister to the driver and a couple of people on the bus. But if I did not do the will of God, the whole day would have been maybe messed up. I don't know. I would have repented, obviously. But uh, anyways, by the will of God. For David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell on sleep and was lay. Let me turn the page. Hang on. It's windy out here a little bit. That's nice. Uh, let me say that. And was laid. Sorry. <laughs> was laid unto his fathers. 
and saw corruption. Remember what I talked about yesterday or maybe a couple of days ago, I can't remember what sermon, but corruption was a question I had to, to the Lord. I said, I don't understand the word corruption when you're talking about dying. And that's where he talked to me about decay. The body decays and goes back to the dust of the earth. We know that in the Bible, all right? But Jesus' body did not decay, did not corrupt and go back to the dust of the earth. He was in the grave three days. Now you go dig up somebody after being in the grave for three days to see what you see. You're gonna see corruption. It's gonna stink, right? We know that in the Bible too. Remember when, he, uh, when Lazarus in the tomb? They said, Master, he stinketh. He's, he stinks. We don't wanna go in there. Because why was he stink? Why did the body stink? Because it was corrupting. That's what happens to all of us, but not to Jesus. That tells you something about who Jesus is. That's why the disciples said, who is this guy? I mean, he even quiets the storm. Who is he? Other <laughs> people are saying that about me. Who is that guy with that sign? I wish he'd go home. <laughs> but anyways, and some people say, boy, I'm glad he's out there. I had a guy, lady, lady here, uh, several months ago she was over there across the street in her car she came around honking and waving at me she parked over here walked over and says uh sir do you mind do you mind if i talk to you for a moment i said no come on and she came over and says uh i saw you earlier today this is several months ago here at this location says i saw you several several times today but today i've been struggling all day and I didn't know what to do because I just didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who to go, what to, I was struggling. And the, net, the last time I saw you, which was across the street, when I saw the sign, I heard God speak in my heart, says, go talk to him. And she came over and she just started crying and she just poured her heart out to me right here on the corner. She had nowhere to go. She didn't know who to talk to. I, how sad, my heart broke for her. And we ministered, I ministered to her, the Holy Spirit ministered to her, we prayed over her. It was spectacular what we do for the Lord. And sometimes we don't know what we're doing for the Lord, but we're being willing and obedient to do something for God. We're working for God as the scripture short I did earlier did. You have to be working for God. And you're sitting in a building, you're sitting at home, you're doing nothing for God. God's not gonna use you because God's in the forward motion. He is working, he's a creator. And he's not sitting down wondering what to do next. He's got a plan and a purpose. Amen? All right, that's, you know, I'll go off there in tangent. But just give you a little testimony there, what goes on out here. All right, he didn't see corruption. Verse 37, but he whom God raised again. Now, who's he talking about? Jesus, Lamb of God, the Word of God. But he whom raised again saw no corruption. Saw no corruption. Now, you have to believe, is the Bible real and true? Or is it full of lies and hypocrisy and twists and turns and nobody really knows if it's really true or not? That's what's going on in the world. People are questioning the truth of the Word of God. In fact, on my Bible here, I have the Word of God. A lot of people say, I don't, I don't know if I like that or not. Some people have told me, I don't mind the banner, but when you lift a Bible, I hate that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I going to do what they told me to do, put that Bible away because they don't like it? Oh, man. You'd be surprised how many people are not afraid of the banner, but they're afraid of the book that says Word of God on it. I've had it many, many times. So if you don't carry your Bible anymore, that's the sword of the Spirit. That's the sword. Uh, maybe that's why you're having trouble. Maybe that's why you're having trouble. So many believers don't bring their Bibles to church. They don't have their Bible. They don't even know where their Bible is sometimes. Where's your Bible? I don't have one. 
I don't know where it is. I haven't seen it for a while. Whatever the case may be. You gotta be in the living word of God. You gotta be feeding on the bread of life every day, every day. That's why I'm an hour behind schedule because I was feeding, I was feeding myself before coming out and giving food out here on the street. I had to feed myself first, right? Do I just get up and race out the door? No, because I didn't get a home till late last night and then I had to work to get, I mean, it's midnight by the time I finally finished my work. And I had to get at least seven hours of sleep so I can come out here and work all day long in this hot sun. 70 years old, man, I gotta take care of myself. Plus I'm in a 10 year window. I don't just do this and then I don't come out again for another month or two. I'm working, 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 working. That's why God says to me, just keep moving, John. Just keep moving. You're not in a hurry. Just keep moving. So I keep moving. Amen, right? Praise the Lord. I'm hot. I saw no corruption. Verse 38. Be it known unto you. Be it known. In other words, listen up to what he's trying to tell us. Be it known unto you. This is the truth. I'm going to give you the truth. And you can do whatever you want with the truth. You can throw it away. You can stomp on it. Put it in the drawer. Throw it in your closet. Or throw it in the trunk of your car. You can do whatever you want with the truth. That's kind of what the Lord gives you. That's called grace. That's what we're in. We're in the season of grace. That's the era. But grace doesn't last forever. It's going to end one day. Remember, I'm kind of talking loud because I'm on a highway here. And we've got one, two, three, four, about six, seven, eight lanes here, whatever it is, plus another six lanes going the other way. It's very busy and very noisy out here. So that's why it sounds like I'm yelling. I don't mean to yell at you, I just, it's just noisy. I can't hear myself talk, all right? Verse 38, be it known unto you, therefore, therefore, men and brethren, that though this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you, preached, we preach Jesus. That's what Paul said, we preach Jesus. When I come out on the street, I preach Jesus. I'm preaching Jesus on this channel right now. I'm not preaching my philosophy, man's tradition, what somebody should do, I'm preaching the Word of God. Well, that's what we're in right now. I tell my story and what's going on, yeah, but we're in the Word of God, all right? Praise God, the Word of God. That this man has preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. So what's the number one thing we should be preaching? What is the number one thing? How to have a great life? How to make more money? Uh, how to look nice? How to comb your hair? No, forgiveness of sin. Why forgiveness of sin? because everybody is a sinner. That's why we need the blood of Christ to cover that sin. But guess what? A lot of people who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, they go back into their sin. Yeah, so we gotta keep preaching forgiveness of sin, even to the believers. Yeah, and sometimes we have to show an example. That's why in the scripture says, if you say, I have no sin, uh, you're probably deceiving yourself. You probably got a bunch of it, and you just don't wanna face your facts, face the facts of what's going on in your life. I tell you, that's what Cain, that's God called, came to Cain and said, hey, Cain, listen up. Sin lies at the door waiting to devour you. Sorry, I'm so noisy. And Cain said, I don't care. I can handle sin just fine. That's kind of what he was thinking, right? If you read the scripture, that's what Cain just said. I don't care, God. I'll do what I want to do. And sin came into Cain and Cain killed his brother. And all kinds of other bad things happened. It's just a mess in Cain's life. I'll talk about one more thing about Cain. There's a great amount of people who call themselves Christians. They actually are lying when they say that. But uh, great big church goes around the world and their roots, they say, are in Cain. 
Yeah, when you go to Salt Lake City, it used to be in Salt Lake City at the museum area was this 30-foot statue. I mean, it was massive in the foyer, all bronze back in about 1970, 71 when I went there looking around. And there's this guy bending over with this cornucopia full of fruits and vegetables. I said, what is this? I asked the lady that was there, what is this? Oh, that's Cain offering the fruits of his labor to God. I said, isn't that the one who killed Abel? They said, well, I don't know about, she asked me, she said, I don't know about that, but that's who we follow. That's the Mormon church. A lot of people believe the Mormon church is some fantastic organization because they look nice, they smell nice, but they're of the devil. How about that? Are, we, are you of Cain or are you of Seth? Right? We can't be of Abel because Abel's killed, murdered by Cain, right? Did Cain do the will of God in his life? Nope. Whose will did Cain do? Satan's. So what will are you doing? Are you doing Satan's will? Your will or God's will? We all have a choice. All have a choice. We have free will. We can do whatever we want. Let's get back in the word here. Be it known unto you, therefore, my men and brethren, that though this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him, Jesus Christ, all that believe are justified. All that believe. It tells you right there, how do you get your sins forgiven? You believe it. You believe it. You don't go to the church and clean out the toilets thinking God's gonna clean you up because you're cleaning the toilets in a church. Or you're sweeping the parking lot or you're paying some tithe or some money to some church, or you're doing some good work at some mission, but you don't believe the forgiveness of sin. There's no work in the forgiveness. It's, the work is to forgive. That's the work, if you want to label it work. You have to just receive it, man. And if you're a sinner, then you call out to Jesus. If you're watching right now, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then just give Jesus a call. Like I did years ago, I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And my life completely changed because I really wanted to believe. I didn't know if I believed, but I was really earnestly seeking God because I was trapped. Now, if you're not trapped, you don't need God, then you're probably not going to pray. If you pray that, because a lot of people have prayed that, they just do it as a mocking. God's not going to save you because he looks when he hears you speak, he looks down from heaven and he looks straight at, he doesn't look at your mouth, he doesn't look at your brain, he doesn't look at where you're sitting, he looks at your heart. What's your heart doing? Does your heart believe? And if your heart believes, he comes in and saves you. It's really amazing. Same way with the believer. When you ask God to forgive you, he's looking at your heart. Do you believe that or not believe it? That's not salvation, that's asking forgiveness of the sin that you just did, for example. Do you believe it? Believing's a big deal. It is a big, big deal. All right, let's go on here. And by him, by Jesus Christ, that believe are justified from all things. Justified. You are made just. You're made right. That points back to who makes things just. A judge. Who is the great judge? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ judges you and makes you either right or, or, right or wrong, I guess you could say. And uh, that's based on your belief, not your action. You can read the Bible all your life. I've met several people who have the Bible memorized, cover to cover, photographic memories. I can turn to any page and they can quote me the verse. I ask, well, do you believe in Jesus? No, I don't believe that stuff. 
They knew the Bible, four and a half. They had it memorized. Many times, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, but they didn't believe in Jesus Christ. So just because you're memorizing the Bible verses, and you say, oh, I gotta memorize the Bible because you're supposed to lay up, you know, all that kind of stuff, then you think you're saved, that you think you're protected. No, you gotta believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Memorization is good, yes, no doubt about that. But not all of us can do that. I, I try all my time, but I have a, problems in my brain because I almost died when I was three years old with scarletina fever and a warped part of my brain. That's why I, can't, that's why I couldn't finish school. I had tutors all the time because I couldn't, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. I just don't have that mental faculty. So I put down sometimes because, John, you don't have the Word of God memorized. Maybe not, but I believe. I, my belief is so rock solid, you can't shake my belief. You can shake my memorization because I'm kind of goofy in that area, but you can't mess up my belief. I'm solid on the rock of Christ. I don't care what's thrown at me. I don't care if Satan come at me right now and took me out. I'm in heaven. Anyways, try and yell like this. I'm excited. So I'm excited. I love the Word of God. I hope you love the Word of God. I mean, do you really love the Word of God? Or do you just something to do? Some kind of duty to perform. Well, I gotta finish my Bible study class. Or I gotta study so I can get a good grade on my seminary test. I mean, what is that about? I love the Word of God. I mean, I it just I feed on it every day. Even last night in church, we had a fantastic church service last night. I mean, the Holy Ghost showed up and touched every single person. We had new people there. It was spectacular. Spectacular. In fact, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, last week, the Lord said, on this coming Sunday, you're start bringing your church sign out to the corner. Now, wow, I haven't done that in like two years. I used to bring it out to me all the time. So next, on Sunday's video, you'll see our church sign where I'm standing. Why? I don't know. Do I need to know why God says, I don't say, God, why do you want me to do that? I don't think that should be a good idea. I don't argue with the Lord. I just say, yes, sir, and I do it. I believe the Word of God. When He speaks to me, I just do it. I mean, it's just, you know, all these believers are questioning, constantly questioning. They're just filling themselves with doubt, 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 doubt. And that provides so much opportunity for the deceiver to come into the believer's life. So you got to kick that doubt out of your life. You got to live by faith. Jesus says, have faith in what? You know what the end of that? God, right? Have faith in God. It's really important. You know, okay, Riley? <laughs> Riley's right behind the camera here, and he's watching, he's following too, you know, on the Bible verse. <laughs> so uh, I'm not preaching this way because of him. I'm preaching this way because if he wasn't there, I'd be saying the same thing. Because I'm moved by the Spirit of God. I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and I'm listening to the Holy Ghost as he goes along here. Right? So that's kind of another example. I'm trying to be an example, everyone. And I'm trying to go fast because these hands can get really long. All right, so verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified, could not be justified by the law of Moses. Could not be justified. So when you're trying to do works based on the law of Moses and you think God is pleased, forget, forget that. Think again, because he's not. We have Jewish people come up to me all the time, not all the time, but probably two, maybe once, twice, three times a month, there'll be somebody as Hebrew, Jewish, and say, oh, I don't need Jesus because I'm Hebrew. I don't need Jesus because I'm Israelite. I'm in the tribe of so-and-so, whatever they say. Or I practice Judaism. I, I, 
I mean, I've heard all kinds of things because they don't need Jesus. What they're doing, what they're doing is they're practicing the laws of Moses. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're practicing the laws of Moses because they think, because what they're taught, that if they do the laws of Moses, they'll be justified with God. That's a lie because they don't know the Word of God. They don't believe this. They don't read the New Testament. Christians don't. Jewish people who don't believe in Jesus do not read the Christian Bible. I guarantee that. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> they may <laughs> wonder what it says. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's just, it's just really important to really know the Word of God. Know all the counsel of God. The whole counsel. All the counsel of God. Know it. Not just bits and pieces. By him that believe are justified by all things, from, from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Verse 40. Beware. 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 That's what it says. Beware. Wake up. Wake up. Beware. Beware. It's a big word. Beware. Beware. Hang on a second. This guy is so noisy over here. I'll put my earplugs in as soon as I finish here and I'll be able to think a little easier. This noise rattles me. All right, so uh, uh, beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. So he's saying beware because it's already been prophesied. If you do this or that, this is what's going to happen. It's really, there is a consequence to every decision that you make. If it's a bad decision, it's not going to be a good consequence. It's going to be a bad consequence. What you sow is what you reap. doesn't matter what you sow. You're just going to reap the same kind. Every seed grows after its own kind. So if you sow doubt, you reap doubt. You sow doubt, you don't reap faith. You sow sin, you reap sin. You don't reap forgiveness. You sow forgiveness, you reap forgiveness. You sow belief, you receive belief. It's real simple. God is really simple. It's not complicated. Very, very simple. Behold, uh, say, beware though, beware therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Verse 41. Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Though a man declare it unto you. I am declaring, I'm a man, and I'm declaring the word of God to you. How many are believing what I'm saying? I don't know. That's between you and God, not between you and me. I'm nobody. I'm just delivering the message as a message. I'm an evangelist delivering a message. That's what evangelist does. He delivers messages from God. And the reason I have a message all the time every day is because I don't twist the message. I don't pervert the message. I don't corrupt the message. I deliver the message exactly the way I'm hearing it and seeing it in my spirit. And, you know, if I mess up, then I talk to God, but I don't really mess up that much. So, anyways, so I'm going to highlight a couple of verses here. Verse 41 to me is really important. Behold, you despisers. All right. Uh, Psalm 51:17. Uh, Psalm 51:17 is uh, very interesting. Psalm 51, verse 17. Uh, kind of windy out here, so hang on. I'm not in a church building. And this isn't a green screen behind me. <laughs> 5117. Uh, okay, it says here, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, 
a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. God will not despise it. God will not despise it. So you have to so let's look up broken and despised. Let's go to Genesis 7:11 now. Genesis 7:11. These are verses that you can kind of look up later on. I'm not going to really preach them. I just want to highlight these to you. Verse uh, Genesis 7:11. Genesis 7:11. Uh, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, broken up. The great deep were broken up. So that's the first time broken is mentioned in the Word of God, broken. And it tells you the power of breaking something, okay? That's why a broken spirit, a contrite heart, is so powerful in the kingdom of God because it literally breaks forth the fountains of living water inside of your spirit. It's really important to think about that. You think about when God applied that word broken. Really amazing there. Uh, hang on a second, I got it. Okay, well, let's go back here to, uh, I want to look at one more thing here. And that is 1 Thessalonians 5.20. 1 Thess 5.20. We're talking, I'm going to use the word despise again. 1 Thess 5.20. Hang on, everybody. 1 Thess 5.20, where is it? Somewhere here, somewhere, there it is. 1 Thess 5.20. 520 uh, says despise not prophesying. Let's go back up to 17 here in this first Thess 5. 17. Pray without ceasing, verse 18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 19. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Uh, verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus. Pretty amazing. If you look at the word despise, it it's, uh, has connotations of sin, iniquity, evil, wickedness, all kinds of stuff. God's not that way. God's not an evil God. I'm talking about the Creator. Now the God of this world, He's evil and He despises the Word of God. He hates it. He covers it with sin. What do we do? We cover the Word of God with love. Right? Love covers a multitude of sin. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, John 5, verse 17. John 5, 17. John 5, 17. John 5, 17. Right here. But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. My Father works, and Jesus said, I work. My Father works, I work. And if we go back to our verse for today, it says that for, for I work a work in your days. A work which shall you shall, a work which you shall in no wise believe. <clears throat> if you're not working, let me tell you, if you're not working, you won't have a desire to read the Bible. If you're not working for the Lord, you won't have a desire to pray. If you're not working, 
for the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever capacity God has for you, you won't have a desire to really do much of anything. You might even go to church anymore. You might go back into your sin because you're not working. So when you're working, what's what happens? God sees that because the only way to go to work is you need to believe what you're doing. And that belief, God sees. And He blesses you. He gives you. He equips you to do work. Like I'm equipped here. He equipped me with a bus ride because I don't have a car anymore. I don't drive. So He gave me a chauffeur, a bus to come out here. Uh, he gave me a banner. He gave me a friend to stand here and talk and be with me. He gave me cones. He gave me a cup of coffee. I mean, whatever. Because I'm working. If I don't work, I don't eat. That's what the Bible says. You don't work, you don't eat. And if you don't work for the Lord, then you can't eat the bread of life. Sorry about that. Because if you're being a glutton with the Word of God, and you're getting fatter and fatter and fatter with all the knowledge of God, and you're doing nothing, you're like a dead sea. All the water comes in you and it just sits there and decays. And you begin to rot from the inside out. And that's where hypocrisy comes into the church. Say one thing and do another. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you keep us clean, you keep us holy, you keep us working for those who really do want to work for you. No matter what it is, they don't have to do what I'm doing, Lord, I know that. But there's something everybody can, can do. You, you called us, if you're a believer, you call us a minister of reconciliation. We're to go out and spread the gospel. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And Lord, when people go to work, things change in their life. Things change. I've seen it all my life. When people go to work, things change. When people stop working for you, things change. Not for the good, but for the bad. So I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you quicken all the believers who are watching, all the believers who will see me today, to hear you say let's go to work and I thank you Lord that we're all going to work in your harvest in your field preaching forgiveness of sins and Father we give you all the glory for what you're doing even now today here in Lafayette and all the souls will be going by us today I thank you Lord for what you're doing in your name Jesus we humbly pray amen and amen <clears throat> I hope that was okay. Anyways, God bless you, man. I'm, tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to be up this highway up there in Longmont. That's where I'll be up there on 287. And uh, in the hot heat, it gets hot up there. But um, I think that's it. So God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.